I'd like to discuss the issue of being bone on bone at the hip or the knee and in some occasions the shoulder and the premise that the medical establishment try, tries to present that the presentation on an x-ray is a valid mechanism for confirming whether a joint is in fact bone on bone. I want people to recognize this is basically an impossibility that an individual can interpret an image to validate whether a joint is 100% bone on bone. I think we first have to fully understand what this premise represents, this idea of being bone on bone. The essence of the meaning of being bone on bone is to imply that there is zero joint space. Zero meaning absolutely no joint space. That in fact one bone is touching another bone that makes up a joint. I'd like to briefly describe to you what a joint consists of and why a joint space is actually so critical to the function of the joint so you could fully appreciate why an understanding as to whether you are 100% bone on bone is so critical to determining whether you in fact require surgery or not. So let's just go to the theoretical basis of what comprises a joint and then we'll move from there. So if we're looking at most movable joints, we're talking about two bones that approximate each other. Typically there is a joint capsule that surrounds the joint. This provides some level of stability. It also allows synovial fluid to be maintained in the joint at the ends of the two bones that create the joint. There is hyaline cartilage. Hyaline cartilage has no blood supply. Therefore, the synovial fluid is the mechanism by which it gets its nutrients. The hyaline cartilage is the portion of the joint surface that's supposed to absorb the force and take the brunt of the load when force is applied through a joint. So we have the two bones that approximate each other and then there is a space that's maintained called the joint space. The space is maintained by either having a meniscus or a labrum which are both fibrocartilage in nature and they're responsible for absorbing some of the shock of the joint but primarily its purpose is to sustain a joint space. Why is this joint space so critical to the function of the joint thereby being in basically all movable joints? The reason is that when you are moving your joint it turns out that the joint surfaces are not being maintained in exactly the same position. They actually have a tendency to glide on one another. They basically are shifting within the joint to allow for the natural mechanics of the joint to create range of motion. So as I say, the bones don't aren't like basically locked in a particular position and pivoting perfectly around each other. They actually are shifting and it's called glide. The joint space must be maintained for this gliding to occur or else 
the joint mechanics won't be maintained and the joint will not be allowed to go through full range of motion. So hopefully everyone recognizes that without joint space, the mechanics of the joint do not function properly. So if you were in fact to be bone on bone, meeting zero joint space, not a tenth of an inch or a hundredth of an inch or a thousandth of an inch, but zero joint space. That is what is implied by the phrase bone on bone. That would mean that the bones would be touching, there would be no joint space, and therefore the ability of the gliding, the one bone to be shifting on the other to allow for the natural mechanics of the joint to occur, would not exist. In the lack of gliding existing as it is, you would not be able to put your joint through range of motion. So the physical presentation, what the body would present if you were in fact bone on bone, 100% no joint space, would be a major loss of range of motion and at that end point where it can't go any farther, it would feel as if, uh, if I was trying to push through that point, it would feel like a bone was hitting another bone, stopping it. So let's revisit this concept again. You are bone on bone. You have zero joint space. You would find that if you try to put your joint through full range of motion, you would find a point substantially less than full range of motion at which the joint could no longer be moved. And this has nothing to do with pain. Let's make this very clear. When you're trying to determine whether your joint is bone on bone, it has nothing to do with whether you're in pain or not. This strictly relates to the ability of the joint to go through full range of motion or not. So if you find that your bone, your joint cannot go through full range of motion, it hits a point somewhere substantially less than at full range of motion and it feels like a bone is hitting another bone stopping it from going any further that is the true physical presentation of being bone on bone now this physical presentation could never be identified by use of an x-ray the x-ray might show that there is decreased joint space. No one's going to deny that. But what you're trying to determine and what this orthopedic surgeon is trying to get you to believe is that you are bone and bone, bone on bone, meaning zero, zero joint space, not decreased joint space, zero joint space. That will never be able to be identified by an X-ray or MRI. The only way to determine this is through the physical representation of seeing a major loss of range of motion and at the point where you can no longer put the joint through range of motion, it feels like a bone is hitting another bone if you try to push through that point. I want you to recognize that unless you have that physical presentation of your joint, whether it's the knee, the hip or the shoulder, you are not bone on bone. I'll say it again. You are not bone on bone. I'll say it again. You are not bone on bone. Now, you could go and you could get multiple opinions from multiple orthopedists, and they can show you multiple x-rays, 
and they could all tell you you're bone on bone, and unless you see the physical presentation of a major loss of range of motion, and at that point, if you try to push through it, it feels like you're, a bone is hitting another bone, you are not bone on bone. Let's look at the person that you're going to to determine whether you are bone on bone and whether you need a joint replacement. That would be the orthopedic surgeon. They might be the nicest people in the world. They might have the greatest sense of integrity, but the reality is that they are educated to believe a certain thing. And as far as I can tell, most orthopedic surgeons believe that the utilization of the MRI is the only primary mechanism for confirming whether someone is bone on bone. It's simply a fallacy. It's a lie. It's a misnomer. Call it what you may. But an x-ray cannot identify whether you are 100% bone on bone. All it could do is give the general presentation that you have decreased joint space. Now, let's look at the idea. Does all decreased joint spaces cause pain? Well, let's think about this premise. Let's say that your pain began maybe two weeks ago and you went to somebody, a, a medical practitioner, they get an x-ray, they say you're bone on bone and that the bone on bone is the cause of your pain. The answer to that is, is this. If that is the presentation that is being made to you by the medical establishment, the pain is being caused by you being bone on bone, the implication is that the day before you had pain, you weren't bone on bone. So that if your pain began two weeks ago, that would mean if I took an x-ray two weeks and one day ago, I would not find your bone on bone. That is simply a fallacy. That's basically the manipulation that's created. You see, the x-ray or MRI is always taken when you have pain. But if the MRI, was, MRI or x-ray were taken before you had pain, you would find that the resultant of the MRI or x-ray would be absolutely identical to when you had pain. And that is because the pain has nothing to do with the joint. It's actually another tissue surrounding the joint that's eliciting the pain. So the decreased joint space that has developed over years will be there before you have your symptom and will be there after you have your symptom. Let's look at it this way. The x-ray and the MRI and this whole presentation of being bone on bone really got picked up as a potential for creating hip or knee replacement, say, in the 90s. So prior to that, Nobody was being identified as being bone on bone. Is the implication that nobody was bone on bone? That suddenly in the 90s, people began to become bone on bone? That's insane to believe that. Clearly, people were bone on bone, but it wasn't being identified. Therefore, nobody was having it treated. Because, guess what? It wasn't creating a symptom. That's what you have to believe. That's what history tells you. The idea that suddenly now because people are identifying this decreased joint space and calling it bone on bone, that suddenly now everybody is having this situation and yet prior to the ability to identify this, nobody was having it. Clearly, degeneration has been occurring as long as men has been around due to wear and tear and the lack of recognizing the value of exercise to maintain the strength and balance of muscle to maximize how well joints can absorb force and sustain the health of the joint. So we could look at that as an indication that this is a ridiculous and um, improper presentation by the medical establishment. 
Let's look at it another way. Let's look at the idea of where is your pain and what about the pain would give you the idea that the cause is the joint or possibly a tissue surrounding the joint. Well, if the cause of your pain was that you were in fact bone on bone or having a major arthritic change in your joint, that would mean that the pain would have to be experienced at the joint. So in the case of the knee, that would mean that it would be at the joint line. That is the location between the thigh bone and lower leg bone where this bone on bone would occur. In the vast majority of people I've treated over two decades, people's complaint of pain was around the kneecap. Well, pain around the kneecap could never be caused by being bone on bone simply because it's not the right joint. The joint around the kneecap relates to the joint between the kneecap and the thigh bone. Bone on bone relates to the joint between the thigh bone and the lower leg bone. So that's clearly invalid. If we look at the hip, you would have to lay on your side. You would first have to be able to identify your hip joint, which would mean you'd start at the pelvic rim, put your hand there, which you're going to try to run your hand down the complete lateral side of your pelvis. You'll feel a little concavity and then you'll come upon a bony prominence about four or five inches below the top of the pelvic rim. That would be your hip joint. You would want to lay on the unaffected side and try to force that thigh bone into the hip joint and see if it brings on your symptom. Most likely it wouldn't. And that's because the symptom you're experiencing is unrelated to your hip joint. Another indication that you would not even be considering any structure of the hip to be addressed to resolve your symptom you would first have to identify what tissue is eliciting the symptom. So there's a muscle that sits just above the hip joint called the gluteus medius. There's a muscle that runs down from the front of the pelvis along the side of the thigh called the iliotibial band. It's more connective tissue band. That could elicit pain. You can have groin pain from the sartorius muscle, the hip flexors, or the gracilis muscle. You could have gluteal region pain, which is from the piriformis muscle. In all of these cases, my friends, I am sorry to say that the orthopedic surgeon or the medical establishment is incapable of identifying these locations as being muscular in cause and therefore an immediate attempt to associate these symptoms, whether it's above the hip joint, the side of the thigh, the groin or in the gluteal region as being associated to your hip joint. That's why you get the x-ray. That's why they get this decrease joint space and try to convince you you're bone on bone and that's what's going to resolve your pain. Complete fallacy. It's, it's, it's simply the way the body works. If you had a problem in your hip joint, the only place you'd experience pain is in your hip joint. Any symptom outside of that area, it's not your hip joint. So I tried to give you a complete understanding of why this idea that going for an x-ray to identify whether you're bone on bone is just a complete fallacy. It physically is incapable of determining whether you are 100% bone on bone, zero joint space. The only way to do that is through a physical presentation of the range of motion of the joint, whether it's the knee, the hip, or the shoulder. You want to see if you are 100% bone on bone, 100% loss of joint space, a major loss of range of motion, and at the point where you have the loss, if you try to push through it, it would feel like a bone is hitting another bone. This is the only way to properly identify whether you're bone on bone. Regardless of the number of people you go to, regardless of the specialty of the medical practitioner, unless the presentation 
physical presentation of the joint is the mechanism by which you are being identified, the highest, highest level of probability is that you will be misdiagnosed. If you want to get the right diagnosis, then I would suggest you find the YAS method because the YAS method ignores diagnostic tests, recognizes the invalid nature of them, and recognizes that the only way to properly identify the tissue eliciting the symptom is through the interpretation of the presentation of the symptoms that the body is presenting. That is the primary mechanism by which the YAS method diagnoses. It is also the only method that is in a position to identify all potential tissues, including muscle, which happens to be the cause of pain in 95 to 98% of cases. That's something you can't get from any medical specialty, nor do diagnostic tests identify muscular causes. So, if you want to get more information about the YAS method, I suggest you contact me at www.mitchellyass.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-Y-A-S-S.com, or go to my web, uh, email me. You can email me at drmitch at mitchellyass.com, D-R-M-I-T-C-H at M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-Y-A-S-S.com, or if you want, you can call me on my cell phone, 516-449-1359, 516 the reason I'm giving you all these opportunities to contact me is because I developed the YAS method. It is the only true method for diagnosing and treating pain, and everyone has a right to get this information, to get this mechanism so they can be properly diagnosed, their pain can be resolved, and they can get back to their lives. Too many of you are suffering from chronic pain. You've become hopeless. Your lives, your relationships have been destroyed. What you want to understand, quite simply, is that in most cases, chronic pain is nothing more than misdiagnosed acute pain. You won't have that happen if you utilize the YAS method. That's why I feel I need to be available to anyone who is searching for the answer to resolving their pain and is willing to go the path of the YAS method. It has to be available. It is your path. It is your one and only way to end your chronic pain, end your addiction to pain medication, if that's where you are. But certainly, you can improve the quality of your life. It is your right. It is my responsibility. This is your chance. Get the YAS method. For now, this is Dr. Mitchell Yas wishing you a pain-free, fully functional life. Bye-bye.